victims, for those of you who delight in dread, who fantasize about fear, who glorify gore, welcome. You have found the place where the horror returns. Listeners, beware. This podcast contains major plot spoilers and the foulest of language. Join us in celebrating the old and the new, the best and the worst in horror. I'm from Texas, and welcome to the Horror Returns. Oh, wait a minute, that's not Lance, it's me, Bean Jemide. <laughs> from uh, the Super Network and Bean vs. the Living Dead, I'm taking over this episode of the Horror Returns this week, or at least me and my super podcast co-host, Super Marcy. Damn straight. Uh, exactly, but uh, yes, uh, Super this Network episode- takes over. Exactly. For some bizarre reason, Lance, who's not here for this episode due to uh, some family stuff, so uh, I've taken over the episode, or at least he wanted me to. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yes, we're here, and of course, uh, the actual real co-hosts of this show are, are Brian and Phil. Hello, guys. How's it going? Thank you for having us on. <laughs> <laughs> it, it must feel Always weird being guests... I guess it feels weird being guests on your own podcast. <laughs> uh, this, this, this is always a first time for everything, so. Exactly. It's not exactly. like there's ever really a a real theme to these things, so we just kind of roll with it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, of course, uh, as I said before, with us, of course, is uh, uh, Super Marcy from the Super Network. Hello, Marcy. How are you? <laughs> Hello. Yes, I'm the most important one because I'm back on the horror returns. Indeed, indeed. I'm sort of trying to remember the last time. Actually, you know what? I do remember the last time you and I were on an episode together, Marcy. That was for the uh, double feature of Dead Riggers and Crimes of the Future. That was a while oh, ago. Yeah. I I did do the an episode with Batch, which was a full oh, yes. moon one. Uh, ah. Yes. Yeah. I remember, what did we watch? Dollman and Puppet Master, and I had Batch with me from yes. one of our other shows. And I did the uh, previous uh, Full Moon episode last week. Yeah. Mm, we, <laughs> we love our Full Moon. Yes, exactly, exactly. And, um, <laughs> far worse than the original Puppet Master. <laughs> yes, yes. But that's not going to stop me from watching the other films of the series, so. <laughs> it has, it's not stopping me from playing the Puppet Master game either. That is true. That is true, which we will have to play at some point. But uh, we'll get that mm. out of the way. Um, of course, uh, <laughs> this is the section of the show, which is Cools of the Week. Uh, who would like to go first? I'm, I'm picky on you, Phil. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll jump in because uh, mine are always shitty anyway, and I haven't watched anything. Uh, but I have been playing this MLB The Show 23, and I'm so stuck on it. I, I get very one-track minded, and so I've been playing the shit out of this game. But I uh, ended up on the Astros, and we're on our way to the World Series for uh, 2024, actually. <laughs> Steve, Steve Carlson's favorite team. Yeah, that's that's what I hear. That's what he told me. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. as we say on the Jimmy <laughs> Tuesdays podcast. And yeah, my kid ended up making All-Stars, so we're, uh, we're, we're oh, nice. in practice for that every day. And uh, awesome. it's, it's 
Good times. Nice. Well, congrats awesome. with that. Thank and uh, Marcy, <clears throat> what you, is your call of the week? Or not so yeah. call of the week? No, I'll have a call of the week. I actually forgot this was a thing, so I've had to scramble and think of what it could be. <laughs> um, That's usually where I'm at every week. <laughs> usually. Um, all right, I'm going to give it to Renfield because uh, we nice. yes. we watched that uh, recently and I thought it was a very fucking awesome movie that I related to on a yeah. lot of levels. Um, I mean, look, it's Nicolas Cage's Dracula, so I can't complain at all. But uh, it was a very much my kind of movie, so I had a great damn time with it. Yeah, 100% nice. better than I expected it to be. Oh, yeah. It's, um, it went places, and it was, uh, oof. It was, very, it, was, it was quite a wild ride, but uh, I'm glad things were very positive at the end. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and what about you, Brian? Uh, you have a whole per, list of stuff. To yeah, give per, us? Us, per usual. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, we're gonna segue from Renfield to another Nicolas Cage movie I actually checked out last night. Nicolas Cage's uh, Western, The Old Way. Ooh. Never oh. seen it. I kind of had fun with it. Just there's nothing this man can't do in playing an old grizzled. Former, I think he was kind of like a bounty hunter that got married and kind of changed over and, uh, you know, made a new life for himself. And, of course, situations happen and he has to get revenge. And uh, it has a lot of, uh, if you don't know the actors' names, it's a lot of, oh, I've seen that person before. The most notable one was uh, Clint Clint Howard's, one of the the henchmen of the bad guy. Oh, nice. So... Yeah, um, I had a good time. It was a decent Western. One that wasn't that I was uh, gonna, I was kind of hoping it was gonna be was or- Oregon Trail. You guys oh, is that one? out? Oh, yes. The yeah. Oregon Trail. I was disappointed. Um, oh. It's it shot well, it's acted well, it's just, it's kind of dull. And it's not what I thought the movie was going to be. I thought it was going to be the hardships of them going through this trail. There are some gruesome moments in it, but it just never. <laughs> there wasn't no dysentery. It's kind of disappointing. There's no dysentery. It's not like the game. What is this bullshit? Yeah, so that one was kind of a letdown. Um, another letdown. Well, it wasn't really a letdown. I, I haven't really heard of this movie. It was a. Uh, uh, I think it's fairly new to Netflix. It's called White Noise, starting, starring, uh, what's his name, Kylo Ren? Uh, Adam Driver. Adam, Adam Driver. Yeah. I, I couldn't get the humor of this movie. It it reminded me of that other Adam Driver movie, uh, The Dead Don't Die. Yeah, he does some <laughs> weird stuff. Uh, it's kind of another movie called White Noise? Yeah, I think it's a Michael Keaton. Yeah. That's the one. Oh, yeah, I did see that Michael Keaton yeah. one. So, yeah, watch the Michael Keaton one. Don't watch the Adam Driver one. Yeah, I did see that one as well. I kind of was like an eh on it, to be honest. I didn't know what was going hard. Sorry, what was going on half the time during that movie. Yeah, I was. I was it, it took me two two tries to finish it because uh, halfway through I just turned it off because I, I, I wasn't getting the humor. I, I understand what was going on in the movie, but just... Mm. 
I don't know. It just yeah. Sometimes they try to be funny by like being quirky, and it doesn't always work. Yeah. Mm. But my yeah. cool week is a movie that Lance didn't really like that much, and that was John Wick Chapter Four. Oh, haven't uh, seen it yet. Hell yeah! I thought it was great. I had so much fun with it. Yes, it is almost three hours, but there's so much action packed in this movie. I, I did not look at the time and was like, when is this movie going to be over? Mm. Uh, so many cameos. Uh, Donnie Yen steals yes. it. Very good. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a spinoff movie of him. <clears throat> uh, the I forget the actor's name, but the character that played, uh, I think they just called him Nobody. He was the one that had the dog this time. Yep. I would kind of like to see something more of his backstory because, I mean, you don't really get anything about him other mm. than he just calls himself nobody. And, uh, yeah, I'm a little disappointed that now they're trying to squeeze out a fifth movie because uh. I, I thought it kind of ended nicely. It felt like a good ending, but, yeah, yeah I guess we'll see what they end up doing. Yeah, but, sure. Yeah, I I don't know what Lance was talking about. He said it was too ridiculous and it was too much world building. And I'm like, that's what you got in the first three movies. So exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, it's also sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say John Wick said it was it was a good time. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it, it is an awesome movie, and I also love two other things about it. A, uh, Scott Atkins in a fat suit. He was pretty yes. memorable. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. He was, like, <laughs> I can't even describe it. It was something else. Yes, and also it has probably one of the greatest action set pieces I've seen in a movie in a while. It's the staircase scene. That oh, my whole God. Sequence. It's amazing. Just when Just... you think he can't fall down any more stairs... Yeah, even the the sequence with the nunchucks. I mean, it was. Yeah, you've seen you've seen many scenes with people using nunchucks, but it just seemed like there wasn't real nothing flashy about it. Everything, every use for the nunchuck was practical. And just even Mm. when he wasn't using it, he just flip it around his neck and just hold it there until he needed it again. And that's uh, the John Wick movies have been very practical as far as fighting goes. It's not a bunch of just dancing it's like actual useful fighting stuff if if yeah. there was a little bit of a letdown i probably would have want to see more between keanu reeves and uh bill skarsgård mm. at the end just <clears throat> uh, i don't i mean i i like how it ended but i just mm. would have seen some sort of fight scene between them two Oh yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Uh, I'll watch John Wick until. Yeah, I'll watch John Wick until The Rock shows up and starts flying cars into space. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, that's that's what's going to happen in uh, Part Five. <laughs> I guarantee it. John but, Wick uh, in space. <laughs> John Wick in fast. X two. <laughs> yes. So, what'd you what'd you check out this week, B? Uh, well, speaking of uh, the rocket space, um, <laughs> which is a good segue, uh, I did check out my one of my calls of the week. I did see Fast X, which is the yeah. latest uh, 
I really enjoyed it a lot. But then again, I do enjoy the Fast and Furious films, despite what Lance says. And I can say that because he's not here. Um, <laughs> I still but don't the, know why he went to see that movie. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, you're getting exactly what you want from the Fast and Furious franchise in this film. Like, the action is great. Yeah, the story doesn't make entirely 100% uh, sense, but it's really cool kind of seeing the cast and all together and also the newest additions that they added to it as well. And also, I will say that uh, Jason Momoa is absolutely fantastic as the villain. He's probably the best villain that the series has had yeah. so far. He's very over the top. He's very cartoonish, but... He really has a sinister side to him. So I could definitely see um, how some people have compared his performance to the Joker, because it has a lot of Joker vibes to it. Okay. And it's kind of worth it just to see his performance. And of course, like it actually adds a bit more stakes to the story as well. So I'll be kind of curious to see how what's going to happen in the next one. So... But then I hear that there's possibility there's going to be two other movies now. But um, but uh, no, I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was a good time. And uh, and I guess my other call of the week is, uh, well, since given that we're talking about uh, the two films we're talking about today, which are Psycho 3 and Psycho 4, uh, the beginning, I decided to go back and rewatch Psycho 2 because I hadn't seen that in a while. And oh, yeah, that's definitely so a very... Such a great and underrated sequel, that one. That movie had no right to be as good as it was, and... Oh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And also, it's kind of the... I guess you could say it's like one of the first legacy sequels, in a way, when you kind of think about it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I guess other than that, those are kind of my calls for the weeks. No, uh, not so cool of the weeks. I mean, not so cool picks this week from me, but uh, but uh, we'll move right along to the next segment, which is horror headlines. Brian, what what headlines are out there on the internet at the moment? Uh, not many again this week. Another slow week for horror news. Um, I think we'll start out with uh, we're about to get Insidious Five. I believe it's called Insidious: The Red Door. Um, they seem mm-hmm. to be really high on that one that they've already greenlit a I guess a spin-off movie titled um, Thread and Insidious Tale and rumor is they're getting Mandy Moore and Kumail Nanjani to star in that one okay well I guess the only re- I guess sort of thinking about it I guess that based on what they've seen so far of the uh, new one that they think oh there's a lot of potential heads they're like amping up the the marketing for it and mm-hmm. now we're getting a, a spin-off film I, i'm kind of curious especially with uh kumel ninjati and mandy moore being part of the cast i always like mandy moore i don't know i i didn't think she's that bad of an actress uh, what was the last thing she's done she does like a lot of she doesn't do any like big budget type movies it was like smaller mm. indie stuff or tv yeah, I think yeah, um, she did a shark movie or something at one point. Yeah, she. I think everybody's yeah. done a shark movie. I know. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think she, I, I think she did a uh, forty-seven meters down. I think. I think yeah. She yes. In that movie. The good one. But I think. Yeah. <laughs> but I think uh, the last few years, I think she's been mainly been working on uh, "This Is Us," the TV show. Yeah. That was kind of like mm, what she's been doing right. recently. 
So now she's that's finished, and now she's getting back to the movies. Okay. <laughs> uh, boys star the boys star Jack Quaid, and of course we last seen him in um, what was it, Scream Five. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, he is set to star in a new sci-fi thriller from the same team that made Barbarian called Companion. Okay. You guys think uh, Jack Quaid could lead a movie? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he hasn't... I don't think he's hit his peak yet. And he's done some really good stuff. He definitely he's, reminds me. He's got me. a bright future. Oh, yeah, and he reminds me of his dad way too much. Yeah. Like, especially oh, when he much. smiles. It's like I see uh, Dennis Quaid right right there. But I think he's definitely yeah. um, got the charisma and the likability, so I could definitely see him, like, you know, going further into leading role territory. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. Let's see. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of news. Uh, Glenn Danzig's film, uh, Death Rider in the House of Vampires, he seeks distribution. I guess he submitted it for Cannes Film Festival? Yes. he's like fucking rob zombies making films i can't make films (laughs) has anybody seen this movie i know it got a small release like two or three years ago no i've been kind of anxiously wanting to watch it i mean his first film veronica is terrible but it's kind of fascinating at the same time so i kind of want to watch this one mainly because did. some yeah well that is true but uh mainly because he actually got real actors this time around um yeah <laughs> like veronica, favorite, was, uh, veronica was yeah. so bad i i can't believe it but i got tired of seeing boobs after a while it just was <laughs> so boring <laughs> i that's the thing i think it's weird about this film like you said brian it came out two years ago was released like a limited release was never released like on dvd or anywhere else and now he's looking for distribution for it so i don't know what's going on (laughs) people saw the movie that it sucks yeah (laughs) Yeah, i was gonna say people saw it and it was crap probably but but i will watch it because our man marcia devon sawa is the lead of that movie I mean, <laughs> gotta watch anything with uh, the man, Hunter Dunbar. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Still gotta record our uh, our little skit for that. For the yes. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we'll have to find a day to like sit down and record that one, all, all of us together. Yeah, it'll happen. When the it's gonna happen. Line, finally, uh, it, it ought to be a terrible train wreck. Exactly. That's what we want in life. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking here. There's just really nothing. I mean, uh, Ron Perlman and Roseanne Arquette are going to be in a new horror thriller called Succubus. Okay. Yeah. So that's not a movie about me? (laughs) Probably not (laughs) actors I'd pick to put in that movie, but okay. Marcus Dunstan's uh, slasher, All My Friends Are Dead, starring Jojo Siwa, is now filming. Nice. Is yeah, she like an um, actor, too? I'm, I yeah. don't know. I just remember that she was uh, the YouTube sensation. Yeah, she's like the little kid one, right? Yeah, that my daughter was yeah. into for like a week. And then that was it. <laughs> She's really famous for being famous. 
Yes. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not really seeing anything. Uh, there was mm-hmm. an Alien versus Predator anime series filmed with 10 episodes that Disney is, had it in its vault for a while that nobody knew about. And it's hmm. staying there. You don't think it'll ever be released? Well, <sighs> I mean, given like a lot of the controversy given with what Disney at doing, the moment. Yeah, yeah. Given with what they're doing right now, it's like really bad. Yeah. They're shelving a lot of original content, like not available anywhere now. Mm. I don't know. I feel like the industry is in kind of a mess. Yeah. And yeah, it sounds like I they're almost know. doing it for like accounting purposes or something instead of releasing. Yeah. I don't understand it. Yeah. It probably also kind of a residual thing because, you know, there's the writer's strike going on at the moment. So maybe it might have something to do with that too. So I'm not exactly sure. But um, yeah, I mean, who would have thought, like in this day and age, like uh, piracy is is what's saving cinema right now? But um, yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for people cop like pirating things, there are things that would be just completely lost. Yeah. And- if if we were taught anything from an era where none of us were alive, in the um, silent era of just non-film preservation, it's so important. Mm. Exactly. It should not exactly. be a thing. Release everything at least on physical media. Yes, exactly. I agree. Yes. Yeah, if it's exactly. already filmed, at least sell it. Yeah, or some <laughs> company picks it up and then releases it on a yeah. DVD and Blu-ray. Mm. Or just send it to Tubi. Yes. I mean, everything should Give be Give it to the TV. guy behind Kroger's. He sells all kinds of VHS shit still. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. And uh, lastly, I guess we'll finish with from the makers of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, Bambi <laughs> the Reckoning uh horror film secures distribution in multiple territories so this is this but is also why? happening but why nobody <laughs> asked for we need the poo whatever the hell that was i haven't seen it but i've heard many things and i'm like no and now you want to turn bambi into something like uh, okay, I can understand the appeal, but just no, I don't know. Well, the, no. the director doesn't plan on stopping there. He wants to do something with the Thor name as a horror okay. movie. And uh, smashing heads with hammers. Uh, Peter Pan. Peter Pan. He wanted to do something with that one, too. Look, I'll give uh-huh. you this Peter Pan has potential to be horrific. And if <laughs> if anybody has read. Um, Alan Moore's Lost Girls, you'll definitely understand how that could be, but uh, that's all I'll say on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's stealing kids at night. Peter Pan the pedophile? Huh? Yes. <laughs> he's Captain Hook the pedophile. <laughs> what if Captain Hook's I'll... the good guy in this one? <laughs> oh, good point. Good point. Although, I gotta say, though, I think if they're gonna cast anyone for Bambi the Reckoning, it needs to be uh, uh, The Rock, since he's already played Bambi in a SNL sk- sketch going after the revenge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm curious <laughs> to how they're gonna do it. Is it gonna be like, a, you know, just a dude with a 
deer head on or i hope so <laughs> that, that's kind of the winnie the pooh stick i mean it's <laughs> from the it's from the same mask. it's from the same team so yeah I, I it's very it likely there. i think we'll see bambi just go on this like crazy revenge tale to get the hunter <laughs> that killed its mom i mean if he's not wearing a fucking rambo bandana by the end of it and mowing people down i don't want to see it <laughs> It could be, uh, it could be like, uh, like a set in the same universe as John Wick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yes. All right, that is the news. Indeed. Uh, we'll move along to the next segment of the show, which of course is Ed. Marcy, are you ready to go down to the trailer park? I never usually am, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'll fill up it's on little... meth and coke, thanks. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yes, it's trailer park time. And, and uh, Brian, what's our trailer for this week? Uh, keeping up with the lack of news, we only have one trailer, and that is The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster. Uh, quick synopsis um, it tells the story of a teenage anti hero, Vicara, who is on a desperate quest to cure death. And this stars, sorry about the puppy barking in the background, got a new puppy. Uh, Leia, DeLeon Hayes, Chad L. Coleman, uh, Denzel Whitaker, and a guy for a quick second I thought was John Travolta, but is Tim <laughs> Perez Ross. His IMDb picture is very John Travolta. <laughs> this is uh, directed and written by uh, Bomani J. Story. So, um, Marcy, you did not watch it? I did not, because I forgot. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna throw, it's okay. I'm going to throw it to bead. Yeah, I actually really dug the trailer a lot. Like, it's an interesting, different take on the Frankenstein story. Well, obviously, that's what the film is based on. But uh, I'm very curious to see how this one turns out. It actually looks really good. Like, it's got good atmosphere. The, the acting seems to be pretty good. And also this sort of take on the actual Frankenstein monster looks really cool too. So yeah, I'm definitely down for checking out, checking out this one. And also I have an affinity for the, um, the Frankenstein story. So I'll watch any version that, uh, that is out there on this one. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I love the take on uh, Frankenstein, a modern day take on it. Um, it looks really well made and, uh, the acting looks pretty good, and um, even throwing a little creepy kid that uh, the little young mm. girl that seems to befriend the monster, which um, wanted to see how that story plays out because it seemed like everybody knew each other in this neighborhood, but she doesn't recognize the the, the older girl's brother is the monster. So, kind of want to see how that story plays out. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all enough for this one. Yeah, nice. I mean. Yeah. Despite the obviously racial name to the movie, because I kind of rolled my eyes initially, I didn't get that at all from the trailer. It looks like it's going to be really good. And uh, I, I, it looks like a pretty good story. And the actors just happen to be black, which is totally cool. Nice. And also, I think it's uh, coming the Shutter later this year. I think it's is a dropping limited release next month, but then coming the Shutter later in the year. Yeah, I believe you're correct. I can't find the exact release date. It did get a small, I'm assuming, like a festival run in March. 
Uh, it did get picked up by Shutter, so I think we'll get a small theater release here soon, and then uh, before the end of the year, it'll be on Shutter. Yep. Awesome. It looks really good. I'm excited about this one. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and that is the trailer. Only trailer. Sorry, guys. Nothing. Nothing's coming coming out. I, I think we're in that time when no news really comes out before like Comic Con or anything like that. Oh yeah. You got the summer blockbusters about to hit. <laughs> yeah, All exactly, right. exactly. But uh, well, listen to feedback, uh, Phil. Yeah, we'll move on to some listener feedback. This week we shine the podcast spotlight on Plug It Up. Plug It Up is a horror movie podcast about the monstrous feminine. Host Caitlin Grant and her funny guests look at the monstrous feminine in all its forms, including monstrous menstruation. Okay. Like Carrie and Ginger Snaps. <laughs> Uh, monstrous motherhood, like Rosemary's Baby and The Omen. Uh, those seem more like monstrous babies, but I get it. Uh, femme fatales, like Jennifer's Body and The Love Witch. Black widows, like Dolores Claiborne. And body horror in women, like Teeth and Raw. Uh, treacherous friendships between women, like The Craft. Uh, women battling horror, like Your Next. And women who are themselves horrific like Gone Girl. Uh, although this show focuses on the experiences and portrayal of women in horror, it's a gender-inclusive space, and the discussion is open to people of all gender identities and presentations. Uh, it's an explicitly intersectional feminist trans-inclusive podcast for horror fans, so Plug It Up is a bloody good horror production. Check it out. And that sounds yeah, yeah, I have to give that word a listen because I yeah, do love the name sounds... of, the, of the podcast. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, as a Kerry fan, yeah, great name. But, yeah, it sounds really good, so I'll have to check them out. <laughs> Plug it up. Plug All it right. up, bitches. <laughs> uh, Beyond the Void Horror Podcast says thanks for sharing. Thank you. Uh, regarding the podcast that wouldn't die, Cameron Sullivan says love you all. We love you, too. Uh, regarding The Invisible Man, Ernest Rivas says, uh, good one. Zim Vader says, The Invisible Man house is near my house. Oh, nice. How do you, how do you know? Is it invisible? Well, cause, uh, well I think it's because like, uh, it, the, the film was filmed in Sydney, Australia. That's probably yeah. why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even in Sydney. It's just, hey, I'm in Australia. That counts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, regarding the haunting of Hell Hole Mine, uh, David Day says, oh, how Sizemore has fallen. <laughs> uh, well, I hate to say this, but I don't think it's going to be falling uh, anymore. So there you go. R.I.P. R.I.P. Regarding a picture of a cold one in the old horror returns koozie, Stephen Loblad says, "Welp." And Patrick Lear says, old school. Since Lance isn't here, we can't talk shit about him. I mean, how hard is it to get to the post office? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I think it's safe to say he still hasn't made it. I doubt <laughs> it. Got uh, I'll find it. I'll find it hilarious that the post office is literally just next door to his house. <laughs> <laughs> I think he lives at the post office. It is. It's just, just lazy. <laughs> Yeah, Lance, where's our koozies? Where, but Marcy and I are waiting for ours. I know, right? <laughs> uh, Brandon Starochi says, uh, or Starochi, 
says, hello, we have a horror comic that has a live Kickstarter. Uh, we're hoping to come on your show and talk about it. Please let us know. Well, shit. Yeah, of course. Yeah, email us. Let anybody on. Look at who we got today. <laughs> uh, and the official winner for last week's poll, which film best describes motherhood as expected in the final tally, the Babadook ran away with it. Well, that makes sense. That's better than Psycho. I hope that doesn't describe a whole lot of motherhoods. Um, <laughs> our show intro and all the new logos come from Steve Carlton from The Geeks. And uh, be on the lookout for some more great stuff from him. Uh, of course, our original skull artwork, like we mentioned in the koozies before, came from Natsulani. Uh, so check her out on Instagram. And please cons- consider becoming a Patreon patron. Uh, we'll let you pick the movies for a future show at any amount, and for $5 or more a month, also pick commentary for a future bonus show. Except right now, a dollar. Give us a dollar, you pick commentary for a future bonus show, and come on and talk about it. I'm waiting for uh, my invitation. Oh. I uh but let's roll on to our featured attractions uh we're gonna do our second in a fan chosen retrospective for the series psycho so we're doing psycho three and four but i'll be free i'll finally be free We'll, of course, start with Psycho 3 from 1986. Uh, Norman Bates falls in love with a fallen nun who stays at the Bates Motel alongside a drifter and a curious reporter. Meanwhile, Mother is still watching. Director is Anthony Perkins. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, Who also went on to direct Lucky Stiff, and his directing career pretty much ended there. Uh (laughs) Writer is uh, Charles Edward Pogue, also known for Dragonheart and the Cronenberg remake of The Fly. That was a great one. Um, it was Anthony Perkins' idea to use the unique scene transitions, like the light under a door that's actually a knife, and the scene where Norman leaves the hospital and closes the door and finds himself in his mother's room. Um, and Anthony Perkins originally suggested that the film be shot in black and white as an homage to the original. Uh, but Universal opposed it. Mm. They were like, yeah, it's not 1960 anymore. (laughs) Vetoed that one. Uh, Marcy, what did you think about Psycho 3? Yeah, so, all right. um, Okay. (sighs) Where where does one start? So, (laughs) kind of a backstory. I guess for the past, I don't know, 10 years or so, like, I've been championing that... While Psycho is a absolute classic, I did discuss that movie with you guys uh, a few years ago, I believe. Yeah, um, so yeah, I was on an episode where we discussed that. Um, it's a masterpiece of cinema, but I've been one of those people who are like the sequels to Psycho are actually really good. There's something yeah. to each and every one of them. I think Psycho Two is probably the strongest of them all. 
Um, it's a great film, but I think there's definitely a lot with um, three and four. So it was great to rewatch uh, three and four in prep for this podcast. Um, and I think it's it's very interesting that we get Anthony Perkins directing uh, a psycho film. So it's you know it's I guess it's got a bit more of him in it. Um, because there are, there are definitely ways you could sort of continue the story. And as they did with two, like he'd been institutionalized for 20 years or so. And it's kind of like, how does somebody who went through all of that get back into society? So at this point, he's kind of a little messed up after what happened in two. Um, but we see that he's, you know, there's, there's always this kind of battle within him. Uh, against that, I guess, ghost of mother. Um, and I, I think this one goes into some interesting places. Um, Jeff Fahey's uh, Duke is such a disgusting character. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, I love, I like Jeff Fahey's like a great actor. He's, he was very, very handsome uh, in, in, in the film, but you just freaking hate him. Um, He's so loathsome and it's so, like with each film, like it's difficult not to have some kind of sympathy for Norman. Um, And it it is kind of interesting how it does tell, I guess, Norman kind of falling for somebody um, but having all these other like feelings because we have seen um, through the telling of these uh, films, that there's a lot of repression going on and the, the fight within, which I think this film captured very well. Um, it's I don't feel like it's a throwaway sequel at all. I think it adds quite a bit to, I guess, the psycho legacy of everything. Uh, I feel like I'm rambling, so <laughs> I'll stop for now. <laughs> all right. Bede, what do you think? No, I think it's – I mean – as I've stated before, like, Psycho 2 is a great sequel. Like, I don't think Psycho 3 is as good as Part no. 2, but it's still a pretty solid one. And compared to the previous one, this one definitely goes for more of that slasher vibe. Mm, and it's 100% more of a slasher type of film. Oh, yeah. But it still has that psychological element oh, to yeah. it as well. Yeah. Like you say, Marcy, we got it with each progressing film in this franchise, we learn more about... Uh, Norman and actually feel a lot of empathy towards him as a character. Yeah, you, you definitely feel a lot of sympathy, even if you kind of don't want to see Norman kill anybody anymore or yeah. do anything bad because you kind of feel for him and he's had this tough life and you probably shouldn't be feeling sorry for somebody who's murdered people. Um, but they mm. definitely make it very intricate with with that. So. Mm. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I think uh, from a filmmaking standpoint, I think Anthony Perkins did a great job with his direction of this film. I think visually it looks fantastic, and I love the fact that Mm. it almost kind of has a bit of a giallo vibe to it with a lot of the shots Mm. and also the use of colour in it. And like we were saying in the trivia before, like the scene transitions are really cool. I really love the shot where you think it's it's a light coming under a door but then it zooms out and it's actually just light reflecting off a knife and i thought that was such a cool interesting shot and i think um 
the supporting cast are all pretty solid. I think Diana Scarwood, who plays uh, the nun Maureen, who's kind of suffering from a crisis of faith in the film, I think she's really great in the film mm, as well. And you definitely, definitely feel for her, for her character and why she would kind of latch on to uh, Norman, especially because when Norman goes into wanting to kill her at one point, uh, he discovers mm. that she's trying to commit suicide and saves her. So again, it kind of brings up the, the whole confliction that mm. Norman kind of feels throughout the film. But uh, And also there's some pretty cool like little homages to the original Psycho as well with certain shots or mm. like scenes kind of replicating uh, those moments. But uh, yeah, I think, I mean... I would say of the sequels, it's probably my least favorite, but it's still a pretty solid, enjoyable sequel overall. Mm. That's fair. Brian? Yeah, I said it before and I'll say it again. I think the Psycho franchise is underrated, and I don't yeah. think about it now. Um, Beat, I do agree with you. This is probably, if I had to rank them, this, this would be at the bottom. But not because it's a bad movie. I just I, I just like the other three more. Yeah. Uh, I liked uh, the way Anthony Perkins portrayed Norman Bates. Uh, Marcy, you were talking about feeling sympathetic for him. I've, I've, mm. I really didn't want him. I wanted good things to happen for Norman. I right. wanted to kill anybody. And then uh, Maureen shows up and then uh, Dwayne Duke shows up and they he jeff fay he did an excellent job portraying uh duke because yeah when you meet him you kind of already know what kind of guy he is and then when he tries to take advantage of maureen and then throws her out in the rain and says he tells her you could have been coming instead of going i'm like <laughs> okay we we know what line. kind of guy he could be and um i thought he did a great job at it um i think where it kind of is the lesser out of the four movies is it i think it went a little bit more slasher than psychological mm. and i felt like mm. the other ones did a good job of kind of balancing that aspect the psychological and the slasher aspect and um yeah i thought everybody did did great in it i, I like the we continued straight from the second one. We had the uh, mm -hmm. cast from the second one come over to this one, like the, the diner owner. And the diner owner, that guy's great because mm -hmm. he was even pulling Norman. He was like, you know, that guy's already paid his debt to society. Mm -hmm. Leave him alone. Yeah, on the sheriff. Yeah. yeah, the sheriff was kind of there with him, and he just kept telling that. Of course, it was a reporter there, you know, digging up old stuff and trying to – I felt like bring kind of bring brought some of the stuff out of Norman by asking all these questions and yeah, it, it's a solid movie, but it's definitely the lesser out of the four. Mm. I'll, I'll sort of mm. uh, sort of bring up before, but I found it interesting about the film because, like you say, Brian, it literally takes place I think a month after the events of Part Two, so it's pretty close together. And uh, also, mm. this movie kind of. Um, <laughs> goes back on the twist of the previous film because we find out that this is Spool who we find out well she says she's Norman's mother but the film kind of does another twist at the end of this one we find out no in fact Mrs. Spool wasn't <laughs> Norman's <laughs> mother she actually was uh, Norman's mum's sister who was wanting to have an affair with her, his dad and claimed that Norman was his 
uh, son. So it was kind of like, oh, okay, so we got this twist, but then they kind of backtracked on that twist in this at the end of this third film. <laughs> in the in the books, do they ever like really speak on the father? Um, I don't know. I've well, I, haven't, I haven't read them myself, but oh. I know when Marcy and I were doing a, a podcast last year, we had a, a friend of ours, Aaron Dries, who's an author, and he was talking, because he's a big fan of this franchise too, and he's read the books, and the second book, Psycho 2, is actually an incredibly meta book, where where I think, wasn't it, that I'm trying to remember that, Norman finds out that they're making a movie based on his life, so he goes to Hollywood to uh, kill people. Like oh, Jay like, and Silent like, Bob. I was about to say, like Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> so I kind of want to read Silent the... Uh... Bob, we're going to Hollywood. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but uh, but uh, Phil, what did you think of Psycho uh, 3? Uh, yeah, so I had actually never seen any of the sequels before I watched uh, Bates Motel. And uh, I was like, man, they really w- went into a deep dive on this stuff. And I was like, oh, well... After watching the sequels, they're actually a whole lot better than I expected them to be. And that's where they dug up most of the backstory, I feel like. I mean, mm. I'm sure they changed some things. It was more inspiration than than a resource. But uh, uh, the, uh, you're right. This is definitely not the best one of the group, but it was still a really, a really solid movie. Like, a whole lot mm. better than I expected it to be. Like, I sort of rolled my eyes when we were doing it this week. I was like, Psycho 3 and 4, all right, here we go. A bunch of other horror sequels that suck that nobody's ever seen before. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised, man. This is, uh, this is a pretty solid movie, man. I, Anthony Perkins yeah. may be uh, a Hitchcock fanboy, you know? He puts a whole lot of effort into this part. And and does it for four movies. So, yeah, it it is interesting how like we've mentioned that this one leans more into um, like the slasher territory, um, whereas yeah. the other ones are very much more like psychologically focused. So it's interesting that maybe that's you know what Anthony Perkins kind of leaned into more of. The, the slasher element so i think that says something um because you know he he did direct the film so it's uh interesting to kind of maybe get an insight into how he sees norman um kind of, i guess dealing with everything yeah and, I guess, and i'm not sure how falling he's getting out of prison but... <laughs> well and, and as far as the slasher aspect i do kind of feel even though the second one balanced it balances it very well. Yeah, uh, but I felt like the kills were mm. a little bit more tamer than the second one in this one. Because, mm. mm. I mean, we don't get Robert yeah. Loja falling down the stairs onto a blade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the kills have never really been the thing in this movie. I know it's really what's remembered, you know, with the bathtub scene and all. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, the kills have never been really super gruesome. It's more about the psychological horror part of it. Mm. Which this one doesn't hit at quite as hard on, but mm. still does a pretty good job, I think. I, I was yeah. relatively impressed with it for being a third movie in the franchise. Yeah, third movie in a franchise like 20-something years later. Yeah, from no the kidding. original. <laughs> <laughs> like Scream. Uh, <laughs> all right, Marcy, what's your score on this one, 1 to 10? 
Yeah, my score for this one would be a seven Norman meltdowns out of ten. I think uh, it's a very, very solid film. It's it might be the weakest of the four, but it doesn't mean it's not a very good and watchable film. Uh, I think it's got a really good cast, and uh, I think it tells an interesting story. And it's uh, always interesting to hang out with old Norman Bates at the Bates Motel. Yeah, still better than most uh, horror sequels. Mm. Generally, yeah. Uh, Bede, what do you think? I-, I give it a 7 out of 10 as well. Like it. I mean, out of the sequels, it's definitely the weakest one, but it's still a pretty solid and enjoyable one. It's well made. Performances are top notch. And of course, Anthony Perkins, you know, once again, just brings it as Norman. And, it kind of, and you know, based on his work here, I know he only... Uh, he passed away a few years later, but it would have been great to kind of see more directing work from him because mm. I think he would he has a pretty good eye just even based yeah. on his work mm. for this one. Although my favorite thing about this movie, <laughs> in terms of trivia, are uh, the woman who got killed on the toilet <laughs> in the film. <laughs> she would go on to direct Poison Ivy and The Rage Carrie too. <laughs> oh. oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I just randomly found that out in the uh, on the credits. Um. <laughs> oh, what a horrible way to die at a party where you're supposed to be the sober one. Exactly. They, they were trying to make that the next shower scene is by being killed on the toilet. Like the guy in Jurassic Park. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Brian, what do you think? Uh, I think seven is a fair score. Um, uh, I like the direction. Uh, I liked Anthony Perkins' uh, performance. Jeff Fahey. I like that Jeff Fahey got killed with his guitar after he kept saying his little <laughs> "Don't watch the guitar" quote or whatever it was. Yeah. And um, I think it's a, a worthy entry in the franchise. And um, I can't wait to talk about the fourth one. Yeah, I'm gonna go maybe six and a half. But uh, I think it was it was definitely a very solid movie, and I've enjoyed it more than any of the movies that we've watched in the past couple of weeks. So, take that. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Psycho Four from 1990. Get that whore out of my house. She's not a whore, Mother. I said get rid of her. Or do I have to do it myself? No, Mother. I'll get rid of her. Kill her. Kill her? I can't, no. No, I can't. All right, all right. Then I'll do it for you. Shh. Come here. Put your ear next to mommy's lips. Come close to me. Uh, Norman Bates recalls his childhood with his abusive mother while fearing his unborn child will inherit his split personality disorder. Spoilers. Uh, director, <laughs> director Mick Garris, also known for the original TV miniseries of The Stand and Sleepwalkers. Classic. Uh, writer is Joseph Stefano, also known for the original Psycho, as well as an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Of course, Lance had to throw it in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
Uh, Marcy, what about Psycho 4? Better than Psycho 3? I do believe it is better than Psycho 3. I think this one, um, yeah, this one is absolutely a lot more psychological. And this is, I guess, I don't know, I feel like um, the show uh, Bates Motel kind of took a lot of cues from this film because we really dive into that childhood of Norman. We get to see Mother, who's played by uh, Olivia Hussey, and we get young Norman played by um, Henry Thomas. Um, so it's it's very solid casting all around, and I think they do great jobs in their roles. Um, so we do see this childhood that he had, and in a, I guess in an effort to explain kind of why there is this relationship. And you don't necessarily need to know more than what we've known, but I think the way they handle it in this film um, makes it very interesting and because it's like Norman is somehow uh, <laughs> living a normal life. He's married. Um, as we find out during the course of the film, his wife is pregnant and he's very much against it because he, um, you know, it, it is a film that kind of brings up nature versus nurture um, and he's kind of convinced that because he turned out the way he did, that any child will potentially turn out that way. So mm-hmm. this is why he goes back through, um, like, the childhood and upbringing, but he is also called into a radio show. Um, so that's, like, the framing device of the film where, for some reason, this radio show <laughs> has a guy on who apparently killed his mum. And uh, so that's the matricide is the topic of conversation. And Norman calls in because he's having, I guess, this crisis um, after having found out that his wife is pregnant. So it's it's framed in such an interesting way. Um, It builds up a lot of tension because as we're sort of live on this radio show and Norman's retelling the story, he's kind of you know, losing it a bit more as it goes on, as he, you know, really, you know, takes a handle of what the hell is going on. And I think it's a really interesting approach. It's very, very psychological and it sort of, you know, it does bring up that debate of nature versus nurture. And uh, I think it kind of handles that really, really well. Yeah. Pete, what you so think? I rambled. but i guess for me well this was my first time watching psycho 4 so i've never seen it until now so i wasn't sure what to expect other than i knew that it was a tv movie and mick garris directed it and so i wasn't sure what to expect and but i gotta say i think out of all the sequels to the original psycho this might actually be my favorite one i think Mm. it's a extremely well-directed film i think mick garris did a really great job with how he with how this film is made but also uh, joseph stefano i think it's a pretty solid script from him and also i do love the fact that for most of this film it basically is between is a conversation between norman and the radio host played by cch pounder so i like the fact that it's from yeah for at least two thirds of it that's what this film does and also getting flashbacks to norman's childhood like and it goes 
at different ones. So it's either with his scenes with his mum, who I think uh, Olivia Hussey does a really great job playing this very unhinged woman. But I think the way how the character's portrayed, I think in kind of hindsight, you would easily say that she's obviously suffering some kind of um, bipolar disorder. Mm. Like when you mm-hmm. see her, how she uh, acts towards uh, Norman. And uh, and also the scenes after when she's or she's already been murdered are like how Norman at first killed people, and mm. I think um, uh, Henry Thomas does a great job at sort of capturing that essence of what Anthony Perkins did with the character, especially back in the 1960 film. Mm, and and also the twist when it comes in when you find out the reason why all this is happening is because Norman's wife is pregnant and. Mm. And this is like the first for him because uh, this isn't mother controlling him to kill people. It's out of his, it, from his own mindset. So that I found really interesting. And I was kind of just curious to see how all of this was going to happen. And also the film, also it wraps up the whole franchise in a really nice way too. Like it brings mm. the story full circle. And I think it's a pretty solid end to uh the franchise uh at least with this one and then um it actually um like with how it ends it kind of has this really good and a strange to say like because it is a psycho film (laughs) but um it's very symbolic of kind of um burning uh certain aspects of your life away so you can move on um Mm. which i think is just fantastically done but it's uh like we know again norman's killed people but the way he talks about it and you know you are really you're really sure that he has not as norman been in control of that so like as you said when he says he will kill someone that will be from him like it's not something he actually wants to do so i think it adds this more sympathetic layer um Mm. as well but uh I don't know, man. Mick Garris and boys wanting to fuck their moms. I don't get it. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, this would make it interesting. Yeah, and also like a weird double feature with Sleepwalkers because that also deals with kind of the exact same thing <laughs> yeah. too. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> uh, Brian, what did you think? Yeah, I really enjoy this one. Um, again, Anthony Perkins is great. Olivia Hussey, I think, in the flashbacks, I just love her portrayal of uh, yeah. Norma. I like the flash, like the scenes, um, the funeral, where she's mm. tickling him to get him to laugh, and then as soon as he laughs, she smacks him in the face and tells him yeah. how respected that, you know, like little stuff like that, or when he's a little bit older, they're playfully rolling on the floor, and then she gives him that do you have something in your pocket or are you just happy to see me kind of look, you know, get off, get off me mm-hmm. and just, um, I like the whole, uh, story being told through these, um, this, uh, radio conversation, which, uh, yeah, it's, it's weird that this radio show actually has, a someone that's killed their mother and has also not only killed their mother and done time for it, but is living with, his mother's father is is that how i remember it yeah 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 and uh we get no explanation on how norman's out again he's just 
free again and That's married. I was like, how many people has this motherfucker killed? Have we not learned our lesson at this point? <laughs> well, all I know is if, if, if the diner... <laughs> The diner owner was here. He'd be yelling at us, say he's paid his due again. So leave him alone. <laughs> paid his dues. Leave him alone. I don't know that that's true. <laughs> leave Norman. I, I mean, I I do like they connected it that he went back to the hospital and that's where he met his wife. She was a a counselor, therapist, psychologist, so one of those things. Mm. And that's how that's how they met. Mm. So I like like they connected it, but it's just a little odd that he got out again and. Um, I, I also like the twist of her being pregnant because I kind of see it from his angle. I mean, killing the, the his wife is bad, but I, I see I I understand where his mindset is. He doesn't want this mm. disease to continue in in his mm. child and start killing again. And yeah, uh, this one kind of it, it it went back to more psychological than the third one. Yeah. So I, I liked all that, and um, it's good to see CCH Pounder in here. I totally forgot she was the radio host. Mm. Uh, Still looks exactly the same. Yeah, she does. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I thought it was a, a good closing to the franchise. I, mm. I, I liked the the burning down the house and just kind of mm. getting getting rid of everything, all the yeah. All the bad juju that that was following him around, and I, I even liked that little closing scene of the the chair rocking. <laughs> Thought it was just a nice yeah. closure to the to the franchise, and then we got the the remake that came out. So, oh yeah, I, I don't know if that counts. <laughs> I mean, especially well, since it was basically shot for shot, just without the yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who was Norman? Vince Vaughn was Norman, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> which I want to like more than I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this one is. Uh, it was. Uh, it's. It's making a murderer. I think it's uh, the most interesting side of it. You know, like if you if you watch mm. Psycho, I, the most glaring question is, why did he end up this way? Mm. And so this sort of delves into that, which is exactly what Bates Motel does. I, and I think that they straight up pull off of this movie. And mm. made a series out of it, and definitely, I, I think both of them were a really great job, and probably more interesting than any of the sequels before it. Uh, I, I think I like Psycho Four better than Psycho Two personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the first time that I've watched it. It was a, uh, I just I, I think it's on paper, the radio show thing doesn't sound like it's going to be awesome, but the way that they do it really pulls it off Mm. and they have all these little flashbacks of him when he was a kid and they had great actors to uh, great cast to Mm. do the whole movie and uh john landis is one of the radio show producers yeah (laughs) just pops up in there and uh i i i really liked this movie man it kept me it kept me enthralled through the whole thing you know and uh, I, it it kept me interested, and uh, I I like what they did with it. It was it was pretty cool. I, I still don't know why he's not you know in jail. Like I get everybody has their reasons. Monsters are 
made not born but yeah i i kind of wish they <laughs> they gave some sort of i mean at, at the end of three he's riding in the back of the police car holding the severed hand of his who we found out is his aunt not his mom but he's yeah holding it stroking the hand yeah and then we get part four and he's out married and has yeah. what to be a pretty <laughs> nice home and i know he's killed like 12 people but he'll at this time be okay. <laughs> He's been properly find... rehabilitated this time. Yeah. Well, that is true. But that being said, I find it interesting that it's he like a, a counselor wants to is married to him wants to marry Norman after killing yeah. so many people, <laughs> and then have his baby. <laughs> exactly. Who's her oh, counselor? This seems like a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Like Harley Quinn. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Oh, cool. oh, that is a good point. That is a good point. So Batman right. animated series completely ripped off Psycho 4. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Marcy, what's your score on this one? Uh, this one I give um, eight. Uh, it's Norman's birthday out of 10. Uh, it's a fantastic, I think it's a fantastic sequel. It's a fantastic addition to uh, the Psycho franchise and uh, definitely a very underrated film. I think there's quite a lot of good stuff in there. It's very watchable. It's um, it's very captivating. And uh, I think everybody did a really great job with it. Yeah, covered a lot of ground on this one. Uh, Bede, what do you think? I'm actually going to give this a 9 out of 10. I really enjoyed it that much as a sequel, and I think it probably is my favorite of the sequels because I think it does a good job of continuing the psychological elements while diving more into mm. Norman's backstory and the way how it's all set up from a writing standpoint I thought was actually pretty clever and really interesting. And it also does offer some good twists and turns in there as well. Although I got to say, I feel sorry for poor Norman is that he has to cook his own birthday dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she Go was out busy have... at work, damn it. Yeah, but they were going to eat at least about 10.30 at night. Like, that's just not <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe all the um, restaurants were closed for ordering takeout. Well, that is true. And he had to, <laughs> and, he, and, she, and his wife wanted to get it, wanted him to go get his own birthday cake. <laughs> and he's like, I should be picking up my own birthday cake. Who's <laughs> got strychnine in the cabinet? Is that a thing? <laughs> well, maybe his, his neighbor had something nice for him. She never came back. Well, that is true. That is true. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a great sequel. And it probably, I would even say, even more underrated uh, than the second one. Yeah. Oh, it's massively underrated. Mm. Yeah, no, I could. I had never heard anybody say, hey, you really got to watch these psycho sequels. <laughs> really Except for me, but no one listens to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what would you think? Yeah, this for me is an easy eight. It's uh, another great entry in the franchise, a great closing to the franchise. Uh, I loved Anthony Perkins in it. Olivia Hussey was great in it. And, um, and beautiful. Yes, definitely. Uh, just the little small stuff, too, even his memory of her having beautiful hair and then her being in the casket and the strict nine was just actually making her hair fall out and just... 
mm. just all the little stuff like that. And um, love to see CCH Pounder in there. Um, still have my questions about how he got out and little stuff like <laughs> that, but it, it, do, it doesn't hurt the movie for me. Um, I still like the second one the best out of the, the three sequels, but this mm. one is right there close with the second one for me. Yeah, definitely. And um, again, this one was even less on the kills since, mm. you know, we kind of, as far as violence, it kind of went downhill since the second one and it didn't bother me at all. Um, the story had me in from the beginning. So I think, you know, hats off to the director for that. Well, and you still had a lot of kills. They were just kills from the past. Yeah. Mm. So there's that. Yeah. That, that, um, that, poor, that poor girl who just wanted to bag Norman. I know, no, no. right? But nobody told her to run to the house. He said go into the parlor. <laughs> I'll just be right back. I got to unclog this shitty toilet. I know she, she kept escalating that. It's like. As you're watching it, you're like, girl, don't do this. Don't do yeah. this. Yeah, I, get out of there. You're making it worse for normal. I, I almost forgot how the movie went because it, it almost kind of seemed like she was playing with him, like she wasn't there for him. Mm. And then when she went in the house and took her top off, I'm like, okay, I, I see where <laughs> this is going. Yeah. <laughs> somebody she made a bet with somebody or something yeah and almost like uh, i was I, I was like am i remembering it right or like uh, is the bully about to jump out and everybody laughing norman or something or I don't know. but once uh, they got into the sense. once they got into the house i was like okay i'm, I'm remembering this correctly uh yeah I, I i'm gonna go eight and a half i think it was uh a, a really, really solid movie, man. I, it's it's not quite as good as Bates Motel, but considering it came out in 1990 and it's just a mm. two-hour movie, it's uh, pretty solid, dude. This is a great horror franchise that never mm. gets talked about. Absolutely true. I mean, it doesn't have the kills that, you know, a Friday mm. the 13th or something has, but I, I think they're pound-for-pound better movies. I think the the sequels are better than they have any right to be, considering yeah. like who would have thought you could make a good psycho sequel as a film? Yeah, I totally expected them to suck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bede, you want to play us out? Indeed, indeed. So uh, hold on, I just got to get the notes because I just lost them for a second. Again? <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, my, my first and only time I'll be hosting. All right, we need to answer first. All right. Well, guys, <laughs> <laughs> it's been great. Always talking to it's a good time. <laughs> Sorry, one last part. Always a good time when we. Re- when we podcast together and coming up on the super network we have marcy what do we have coming up on super network oh geez what do we have coming up on the super network we have um the to be tuesdays podcast uh where we watched um what did we watch peter i can't remember we, we watched uh terrifier 2 for oh, the latest geez, episode I of the already show forget that yes terrifier 2 uh, will be our most recent episode. Uh, what an experience that was. Um, and also coming up, the Super Podcast, we will be having a discussion on 
the Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires and Ricky O, the story of Ricky for our yes. um, movie swap episode. Yeah. So keep an eye out for those podcasts. Um, and for me, uh, hopefully After Dark with Super Marcy and Adults Only podcast will be back very soon with an epic discussion on Lolita. Nice. I, I think at some point, maybe like when it's one of our turns, Marcy, for the commentary for your guys' show, maybe one of us will have to pick Ricky O as a commentary. Oh, hell yeah, let's go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me personally, you can find me at my Twitter page at twitter.com slash beadjamite or my uh, letterbox account at letterbox.com slash beadjamite. And of course, you can find all my work over at supermarcy.com. And also, you can find my solo podcast, Bead versus the Living Dead, on all podcast streaming services everywhere. The latest episode that's out at the moment is on the anthology book Nights of the Living Dead and Anthology, which I did with um, Australian horror authors Aaron Dries and Zachary Ashford. So that's out at the moment. And uh, you can also follow the official Twitter account of that over at twitter.com slash BeadVSTLD. So uh, as always, we want to thank everyone to listening to another episode of The Horror Returns, which has been taken over by the Super Network. Um, <laughs> yes, we have. We, and please check we, out uh, all our stuff, because we rule. <laughs> exactly. And uh, if Lance was here, he would say, we would love to hear you the feedback and ideas. You can always reach us at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com, and you can find us at www.thehorrorreturns.com, and follow all of our social media links from there. As well as hear our latest episode of the show, please consider becoming a Patreon patron. Just as even just as one dollar a month helps so much. Uh, next Ricky, week, Ricky you got Ricky yes, <laughs> yes, yes. We got to do Ricky. I think that's a given. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, next week for you guys, once Lance comes back, um, <laughs> you guys are heading off to the theater once more to check out the latest film. The Boogeyman, and as well as doing a double feature of that with the 1980s film, The Boogeyman. So, <laughs> so uh, until the horror returns again, uh, <laughs> Brian. Good night.